Hello, and welcome to Women Developing Brilliance. I'm your host, Casey Rossi. It's my great pleasure to present interesting stories of creative women sharing their message and lighting up the world with their presence and offerings. Get ready to be inspired. You can learn more about creating a business that you love by visiting kcrossi.com. Enjoy. My next guest today is Heather Gunn Rivera. She is the co-owner of the Grassroots Fitness Project. And from all that I can see, she is extremely mission-fueled, which I absolutely love. (laughs) (laughs) And I can't wait to dive in and have this conversation with her. So welcome, Heather. Thank you. I'm excited. So I know you have had a huge amount of experience with sports and roughing and coaching and personal training and all Mm -hmm. that good stuff. Can you talk to us a little bit about your origin story and how you got inspired to kind of get in this world? Mm -hmm. I think origin origin is that I grew up with two educators as parents and my father being a physical education teacher and just really taking it to the next level. He built a cross-country track, a ski course for the kids. He brought Project Adventure at a time where Project Adventure wasn't. He was always just really thinking outside the box of how to connect with kids and get kids active. And he had a gymnastics school. So it's really always been, and I've always been involved in sports and dance ever since I was a wee little one. Like we didn't have title nine, you know, it had just come into effect. And I was on the boys t-ball when I was a little kid. And, you know, then you kind of grew into sports, but the ones really only offered for girls at that time were like basketball, soccer, there was tennis, lacrosse, and it really wasn't a place that girls were really defining their own in the sports world just yet. We were kind of following suit of the boys, and I really found myself kind of taking on that male role when I would play. Now that I look back at it, I'm like, wow, like, what was that? And then I went on to play basketball. I was AAU top 100 on the East Coast. Could have gone to college for that. I got a scholarship to go to Skidmore. But I was also heavily involved in the performing arts world. So I got a scholarship to go to AMDA, which is the American Musical Dramatic Academy here in the city of New York City. And I decided to go in that direction. And I went and completed that. And while I was doing that, I was with roommates. I was young. I was 18. And I would wake up in the morning and everyone was just kind of falling into a rut of life because it is hard. It's hard growing up here in New York City as an 18, 19, 20-year-old. It's expensive. You kind of lose track of your direction. And I was like, that's not going to be me. (laughs) That is not going to be me. I needed to kind of find myself again. And I went to New York Sports Club and I got a membership and I started working out. And when I was working out, I was like, you know what? Let me get a job here. But I thought the job, of course, you know, I'm 19 years old, I'll work at the front desk, right? And the teacher that I had had at the time, she said, well, why don't you become a personal trainer? And I was like, what? Like, that's an adult job. Why would I do that? (laughs) And she said, well, 
I happen to know the manager. I have a really close relationship with him. I think you would be amazing. Let me get you an interview. Well, she got me an interview and the manager at that time is now my husband. Wow, how <laughs> cool. Yeah. And he interviewed me and I was totally terrified. He we'd love to tell the story. And he said, Well, I don't normally hire people as young as you, but you come with a really great recommendation. So I'm gonna give you a chance. He said, I'm gonna give you 90 days, and in 90 days you have to get a certification and build a clientele. And I said, All right. <laughs> and in 90 days I had the biggest clientele at New York Sports Club. I had a certification. And from there, my husband and I, of course, didn't know that that was going to be my husband, but we just really started connecting and seeing that this corporate world was very limiting in terms of what we felt we could offer and what we felt our clients really needed. And we were really seeing the benefit of community and at a time where there were no boutique fitness studios, you know, that just was not a thing. The small group training was not a thing. We decided to get a duplex in the city. <laughs> we took cash advances out on our credit cards and we got this duplex and we lived, worked there. We turned the basement into a little gym and we had our living room upstairs and we lived in the back and we convinced all of our clients to come with us. And that was called the studio on 80th wow. before it was called the grassroots fitness project. And back in 2004, it was us and SoulCycle, which was Hole in the Wall and 72nd Street, and people would come to us for the strength and conditioning and HIIT classes, and then they would go over to SoulCycle for their cardio, and it was just like the two of us starting in the beginning. So that's a long-winded origin story. I love it. That's amazing. I mean, obviously, qualities like strength and determination, I mean, there has to be a level of fearlessness in all that you did to get here. So I love seeing that. I want to go right back to the beginning when you were really talking about having it be more of a male prominent Mm -hmm. environment and then cracking into that. But then also I would love to hear how you maintained your femininity. Like when you started noticing, wait, yeah, mm -hmm. I kind of am in the boys world and I'm a little bit leaning on that masculinity side of things. How did you mm -hmm. pull yourself back to the feminine? Hmm. I mean, I think it was a role that I was pulling outside of myself. Listen, like you know, we didn't have openly gay people when I was in high school. We didn't have people feeling different aspects of them. So it was very black and white. So I think in order to like kind of pull myself out of that and find my femininity, it wasn't really something that you totally explored. So it was more of like, I'm putting on this role because this is what you do when you play sports. So I think now we're defining femininity in many spectrums, many colors, right? And some people's femininity looks strong and feels strong. And some people's femininity looks and feels flowy. And I think at that time, and to some extent now, still very defined in that flowy, right? Goddess type style and look and feel. And we're now really shifting and saying, why are we defining it in that one way? So I'm still exploring that. I'm 100% still exploring that. And I think 
I only really just kind of looked back and was like, oh, wait, that's kind of, as I was speaking, it was more of a reflection of what I was feeling at that time. But obviously has brought me to where I am now. And, you know, we always create things, I think, to help ourselves find ourselves a little bit more and work through things, right, that we're working through. And I just now with our Women's Strength Program, just being really able to give women a place and a platform to redefine what it means to be a woman and feel strong in your body and not have that be defined by the man, right? When you look up strong in the dictionary, one of the synonyms is manly. Yeah. Isn't it amazing? I love your reflection. I think that's beautiful. And I'm sure that it contributed to you being a current advocate now for women and girls. So I would love for you to talk to me about Project Vulnerability and also your women's strength programs. Yeah. So our women's strength program, I'll tell you the origin of that. Obviously, I have always defined myself as a strong woman, right? I'm very strong in physicality. I'm very strong in nature. I'm very strong in my voice, which has been hard to keep at a level that I want to keep it because I feel like I'm always overcompensating. Some people celebrate it. Right. And some people say, oh, you're too loud. You're too strong. You're too big. And so that's been a real struggle with myself to kind of find myself back into that. My body has always been strong. You know, I have a butt. Girl, I have a butt. And (laughs) (laughs) I grew up in a time where it was called the bubble butt, Mm -hmm. you know, and I then didn't want my butt, you know, and I have thighs and I have muscles. And of course I ebb and flow out of that because I have life that happens and being a mother and childbirth and (laughs) two children and all that jazz. Yeah. And I think I have always wanted to empower women to just love their body for what it is, because I've always wanted to really love my body for what it is. And I was working with a client. I mean, I've been in the industry for over 20 years now, but I was working with a client about three years ago and she's slender and she is what, you know, and I've obviously discussed all of this with her, but she is one of those that we might look to and aspire to, right? In the old sense of what we aspire to look like as a female. And her body is gorgeous and she is beautiful in her own right. But she said to me, I hate being skinny. And it's fascinating, right? We all think what somebody else has, we want, or what they are trying to get to. We're surprised when we find out that that's not what they want or where they're living in their own bodies. And she said, I want to be strong. I want to be strong. And I said, awesome. And I said, all right, let's do it. You want to lift? Like, let's lift. And so we started lifting. And she said, wouldn't it be amazing if like we could start a class like this? And everything that's always developed out of grassroots and being the name grassroots has always been out of us listening to the need and wants of our clients, right? You know, we're not gimmicky. We stay with the basics. We stay with the science. We stay with what's in our heart. We're not trying to chase the next hot move. That's just not us. And this really resonated. And we're like, all right, well, let's try one class. And she's like, I'm going to get people to do this. And 
I found it something that in her representing it, it was going to be a door that was going to allow other people who have in their head that stereotypical view of a woman being strong and that's bulky and big and manly looking, right? Which is not the case, but we are conditioned to think that. Yeah, it's absolutely a connotation for sure. Yeah, so here she is on the completely opposite end of the spectrum being like, I lift, I love it, come try it. And it got people in the door and we were seeing like, wow, this is amazing. And I knew why I wanted to do it from the science aspects and from also just getting women to, to really feel good and lift, especially when we're in a world right now that is saturated by cardio, right? We're saturated by this calorie burn. And what women really need is strength. They need to become strong. When we read 5% of our muscle mass by the age 30 is when we start to lose 3 to 5% of our muscle mass every five years. Wow, and so incredible stat. it is. So, you know, when we really look at it from the science aspect, and then we start to lose bone density. And when we're looking at it from a functionality aspect, it really makes a lot of sense. But how do women wrap that around their head and want to do that? Right. And then so we got these classes going and these women were feeling so strong and capable. And when we feel strong and we feel capable, so much more is born out of that. And we start embracing our bodies. And so we thought, all right, this really needs to be a woman's only environment in terms of the attendees, because it's not only about the women that are lifting, but it's about the women that are supporting the woman that's lifting as well. Because we need to be there. Other women need to see that when they're stepping into something that they are feeling vulnerable in doing, that the person that's there, that's supporting them, that's cheering them on, that is telling them they can do it is another woman. Today's episode is brought to you by Thrive Business Thrive, a step-by-step business building online course. Thrive Business Thrive takes you from a concept to paying clients in just 16 weeks. If you're tired of doing it alone and trying to piece together your business by watching one YouTube tutorial after another and following multiple experts, it's time to plug into a tried and true plan. Thrive Business Thrive focuses on results, increasing your impact, and moreover, establishing the foundation needed for a thriving business. To learn more about Thrive Business Thrive, your blueprint to create a flourishing business, visit caseyrossi.com slash thrive. That's caseyrossi.com slash thrive. I love, first of all, that the program was birthed out of listening to your clientele. That is just the surefire way to have a sustainable business where you're listening mm-hmm. to your your customers that are coming through the door and then really crafting something, crafting a solution mm-hmm. for them. You started to read my mind when you talked about the qualities that strength training and lifting can bring about. I would love to hear more about those trickle down things that happen after they embrace lifting and strength training. How have you seen other aspects of their lives shift? Well, so we went from one class to now we have three to four classes a day. And so it's strong body, strong mind. Yeah. Strong mind, strong body, right? The two work 
hand in hand. And I think there's a sisterhood in it as well in terms of these, what this trickle down effect is having is that they're gathering more women to come into this environment and step outside of their comfort zones and be together in a supportive environment and try something that they once had an impression about and shift that impression, therefore shifting themselves and what they're showing the younger versions of themselves, their daughters, their mother. So we also have a tween and teen program um, because the ones that we really need to shift are those young ones that are up and coming. And it's not an easy thing to do, you know, to, to affect that demographic. But when they see their mothers in the program, then they want to be in that Oh, program. it's beautiful. It's just yeah. like a circle of happiness. I mean, it's the best way to model. So tell mm-hmm. me, Heather, does the Grassroots Fitness Project extend beyond New York City? Do you have franchises or an online um, capability? If some of our listeners are saying that's amazing, it's just what I've been mm-hmm. looking for, <laughs> how can they tap in to what you've created? Yeah. So right now, no, we're not currently franchised. We're not outside New York City. We are definitely in that space and place right now where we are looking to scale and potentially branch off our women's strengths because grassroots as a whole is basically five businesses in one. We have our kids programming. We have our adult programming. We have our women's strength programming. We have our climbing. I mean, we have so many programs within one. So really taking this women's strength program and hopefully scaling it is definitely our goal. This is not something that we've made up in a sense, right? This is, I mean, CrossFit opened the door for us to be able to do this, for women to be able to see like, oh, I can do this. What we're doing now is taking the average woman and putting her in an environment and saying, you don't have to be an athlete to do this. I love it. I encourage them to not be afraid to strength train and to find a community of women if they can start it themselves, right? Or find it at a gym around them, but it's not something that's new. We are taking it to another level because we are also creating the verbiage within the room and telling women, you know, to put the disclaimers at the door. There's a lot that we are putting into our programming, but don't feel like because you don't have a grassroots near you that you that can't do that. Yeah, I really love that philosophy a lot. So I want to shift gears into the business element of things because running mm-hmm. a successful business in one of our biggest metros of the country for 16 years is no small <laughs> accomplishment. It's absolutely huge. So lifting you up for that. But I would love to hear a little bit about the business side of things. What do you wish that you knew that would have made things so much easier along the way? Uh, You know, I get asked this question a bunch. And I think at the time in my life, when we were starting grassroots, right, I was young, I was 23, just getting married as well. (laughs) And I think Had I thought about it too much, I wouldn't have done it. And I didn't go to business school, right? Grassroots was created because we had a passion and we dove into that 
passion. And what I say to people is, if you don't know how you're going to do it, focus on the why, not the how's. The house can be learned. The house can be taught, right? The whys are what fuel you and guide you. Now, with that said, <laughs> I think I definitely would have liked to have had a little bit more hindsight or foresight, I guess, to be entering it like, all right, five years, you know, let's look to scale this. Let's look to have that business plan. We just jumped into it going, oh my God, can you pull it's working. Working. <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah, sometimes it's like you're white water rafting. I mean, you're just kind of like going with the flow and, you know, it's a beautiful thing, but sometimes it can also like you can get swept up in it for sure, you know, and um, like you said, as many of us, you know, cracking into business, like we're not having the business plan traditionally, especially nowadays, right? We're doing it very unconventionally in many ways. And I love that you shared that nugget of wisdom of knowing your why. And I'm a huge fan of Simon Sinek's work. And that's hugely getting to the core of the why, because that is kind of like your safety raft in the storm, right? If you can always go back to that core value. Mm -hmm. And I love that you said the hows can always be learned because that's so true, right? It's mm -hmm. usually not skills or knowledge that hold us back. Many times it's mindset. And I'm curious for you because at a very young age, it sounds like your dad was a really positive role model for you. And then you also had the group team sport collective that was there. But talk to me a little bit about the mindset that keeps you so driven and so mission fueled. Mm. I think I just work in an entrepreneurial way. That's just, we're always creating. That is the one thing that I wish I had more time for is to really be able to think creatively because that's how we got where we are today, both my husband and myself. Um, our thought process never stopped, right? When we lived where we worked, the after hours would be us playing around in our own, you know, being like, oh my God, well, what about this? And what about that? We're always creating, you know? Yeah. And I think people don't understand that when you become an entrepreneur, you are working all the time. <laughs> you can't be afraid of work. And now what I have learned from this generation, and I'm trying to incorporate more into my own life now, is that ability to pull back? Is that ability to put up boundaries? Because I never gave myself those before. I always felt I had to push, 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 run, 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 drive, 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 which, listen, it has gotten me where it's gotten me to. And the work ethic that provides and fuels. Um, but I think it's always the want and the desire to like fix a problem, right? We're constantly thinking about ways of how to create things, how to make things better, how to solve things, how to bring things forward. It's just the mind of an entrepreneur. That's what yeah. drives me. You have to love it. You have to live it. And it's like you wake up and you want more of it. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, it's so yeah. exciting. It's very inspirational. I actually literally just want to go and work out now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. So I would love it if you could leave us with a little bright light wisdom and then also the best way that people can connect with you if they want to learn more. Hmm. 
God, I've had so much lately because I've had so many profound experiences. You know, we didn't get to really talk about Project Vulnerability or moving forward with, you know, really the women's work that I've been doing in our women's circles we're creating. I think personally, I never really had women in my life growing up. I didn't trust women. I always felt that there was an ulterior motive and all of that, which led me to when I started my own business, I shut people out of trying to help me, of trying to be that support or they just knew better than me, right? They came in, they have a skill set that I didn't have. And I think the wisdom that I have learned is we are so much better when we bring women into our life and when we cultivate that sisterhood and when we allow women to see our vulnerabilities and really help us and also to allow others to share their expertise, to share what they're good at that can help you better yourself, better your business. You know, don't feel like you have to keep it all to yourself. It is going to be too much. You're going to burn out. I think just opening ourselves up to really becoming a community in many senses of the word, you know, whether that's online, whether that's in person and trusting, you know, if we get burned, we get burned, right? But I think it's so important to put ourselves out there. Yeah. And then if you want to find out about us, we have through our Instagram, Grassroots Fitness Project, um, through my own personal Instagram, Gun River. We have our website, www.grassrootsfitnessproject.com. To have some really cool events coming up, with some climbing trips to the guns that we take women and families, men. Uh, yeah, we have some amazing, our Women's Strength is a six-week series. So we have that new six-week series coming up, not this week, but the following week. Women are welcome to come and show up, show up for that. That's amazing. I love the diversity of all the offerings that you have. I'll definitely share the links in the show notes. It sounds amazing. And yeah, let's just keep fostering community over competition because you are absolutely right. We truly are stronger together as a sisterhood and I'm all for that. So keep shining bright as you are. I'm right behind you with your mission. I think it's fabulous. Thanks, Casey. You too. You too. Thanks, Heather. I'll talk to you soon. (laughs) Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode on women developing brilliance. If so, head on over to Apple iTunes and subscribe to this podcast. And I'd be grateful if you could leave a review or rating so more people can benefit from these inspirational stories about the solopreneur journey. Thank you.